ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gran Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Gran Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GranLeyendaTequila.com. Gran Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wins championships. Pride and passion meet success. You got to love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitney, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for watching another live edition of the East West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza, alongside with me, Jerry Martinez, Walter Stringer, Isaac Durham. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Great on this Saturday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Football is yep. just around the corner, man. Excited. All right. Yes, it's almost here. All right. So let's continue our divisional reviews. Uh, let's talk about the AFC East today. So first team we want to talk about is the New York Jets. So obviously new coach and Robert Sala. They drafted Zach Wilson. Uh, quarterback at a BYU. They also added defensive end Carl uh, Lawson, wide receiver Corey Davis, linebacker Gerard Davis, running back Tevin Coleman, defensive tackle Sheldon Rankings, wide receiver Keenan Cole, defensive back LaMarcus Joyner. Gentlemen, start up with Jerry. What do you guys think of their offseason moves? Man, I'll say this. Uh, I think that the Jets GM, uh, Joe Douglas, he just showed, right, how to how to change – the 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 entire future of the organization with just a few moves right and you know at first you had all the jet fans you know bummed that they missed out in the the first pick and trevor lawrence but you know as the season progressed you know you had this rock star zach wilson just kind of come out of nowhere and they and now the jets fans have this hope that this they got the, they got themselves their franchise quarterback and i'll tell you this man the, the kid's just a rock star uh, and then you come in, you like you said, you bring in Robert Tala, who who just has this contagious. Uh, we've seen his coaching style, this contagious winning uh, culture that he brings. And then he brings in Mike Lafleur, right, which is Matt Lafleur's brother, who comes from the Kyle Shanahan tree. So when you when you put all this together, and you have a, a great draft class, and then you bring in some great veterans like Carl Lawson, the Bengals defensive end, you know. That, <coughs> You rebuild that defense. I think that overall, this Jets team is going to be something different, man. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be something truly special. That offensive line is going to help out uh, the running game. It's going to help out the passing game. It's going to help Zach Wilson look like an actual stud. 
and people are, are gonna fall in love with this with this with this kid uh immediately and i think that uh yeah man we're gonna look into maybe possibly a uh third ranked team in the afc east coming this uh 2021 season walter yeah i think more than anything else this draft especially the pick of zach wilson uh second overall gave that fan base hope they haven't had a quarterback that physically gifted i can't believe ever or even had a guy with that strong of an arm since maybe vinny vinny testaverde or maybe want to go back to Brett Favre, but yeah, they haven't had a guy that physically gifted at quarterback and that exciting of a player ever. And I like what they they did as far as getting Elijah Vera Tucker in the second round. Uh, actually, what the second actually the, the second the pick second in the pick. first, yeah, second pick in the first one. I thought that was a very no brainer, bright move. You put him next to Makai Becton, and you pretty much have your the left side of your offensive line set for the next ten years, uh, barring any injuries. I know. Makai played excellent and went on the field, but he suffers from some injuries, some nagging injuries. But overall, Makai had a very, very solid rookie season. I also like the addition of Elijah Moore. I've been telling people for the longest, I think Moore can probably lead the league. And if he doesn't do it this season, I think there's a year where he could possibly lead the league in yards from scrimmage. Because I think playing in that offense with LaFleur and a guy with that type of arm and that type of sizzle, who can get the ball anywhere on the field. And Elijah Moore is a threat to score from anywhere on the field. So I like the, a lot of the moves the Jets made. Um, I think the running back position is still up in the air. I know a lot of people are high on Michael Carter. I'm not as high on Carter as I was his teammate, Javante Williams. I thought Williams would have been a better pick yep. coming up in the second round when they, when they were back on the board. But they decided to wait a few rounds and get his teammate from North Carolina. The wide receiver position is still highly up in the air. We really don't know what Corey Davis is. He's talented. He's physically gifted, but he's another one of those guys who seem to just go through the motions too much in Tennessee. He was a, basically a, a feast of famine guy. The tight end position, I mean, there's still a lot of positions on this team. And defensively, defensively, there's still a lot of positions on that team that needs to be filled. But more than anything else, I think if Wilson can go out Wilson could possibly be one of those three guys I mentioned before in the post who could possibly break that uh, rookie touchdown record that was set by Justin Herbert last season and which was already broken the year before from Baker Mayfield. So Wilson gives them hope. Hopefully the offensive line gels together. Robert Salas comes in and he, he instills a solid culture in that team because God knows they need it. And they could use the next two drafts to continue to build around Zach Wilson Hopefully they spread some of that love on the defensive side of the ball because that team is still bare. Isaac. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about that defensive side of the ball right at the end. Um, honestly, their defense has been more of their strong side of the ball the past couple of years. It's just no one really knows because it's the Jets and they've been so horrendous on offense. You get a guy in C.J. Mosley is coming back from injury. Um, you know, he's pretty much that quarterback of that defense at the linebacker position. Um yeah, there's some positions they need to work on on the defensive side of the ball, but as far as the offseason additions, I really like it. Um, you guys already talked about Makai Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, pairing those two guys up, they're going to be around for a long time. Another underrated move was signing Morgan Moses on the other side at right tackle, a veteran from Washington. Um, you bring in a guy that has a lot of experience that can kind of you know mentor those younger guys. And speaking of veterans, um, 
while you were talking about the wide receiver position, you know, bringing in a Corey Davis and maybe they signed him to a, a more lucrative deal than other teams would have. You pair him up with Jameson Crowder, they can mentor those young guys and Denzel Mims and Elijah Moore. You bring in a Keelan Cole who have experience. And yeah, maybe Crowder and Cole, they're not really the future, but that's going to set, you know, Mims and Moore up for future success. What I would have liked to see done is um, the Jets bring in a backup quarterback that could be more of a mentor to Zach Wilson. Because I might be mistaken, but I don't think any of the three quarterbacks on the roster have started an NFL game. So, no, it's uh, James Morgan and Mike White. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, bringing in a guy that, you know, has some experience that can just, you know, relate to Wilson a little bit. Um, and then that running back position, we saw it last year. It was shaky. They didn't really do much in the offseason to add to it. They brought in Tevin Coleman, who's coming off his worst uh, season in his career so far. Um so it's going to be interesting to see who gets more of the bulk of the carries. Is it going to go to Michael Carter? Is it going to go to Tevin Coleman? Maybe even a Ty Johnson or a LaMichael P. Ryan, who yeah. played well in flashes last season. But I like where this team is at right now. Um, I don't think they're going to be you know, too great this season, but it's all about the future. Yeah, I'm excited. To see- go ahead. No, uh, I just want to ask because, I mean, we got the fantasy guru right here with us. <laughs> uh, Elijah Moore, I think that. I mean, what what do you think, Isaac? What do you well, think I think he's a guy that um, in Dynasty, he's a guy that you really want to target because you in Dynasty football, you think about the next, you know, few years. And I think, you know, he's going to be a stud once he does start to play. But I think they're going to, you know, slowly incorporate him into the offense. And we he could, you know, start off a little slow. Um, but I don't see why uh, Crowder sticks around that long with them. Um, I don't. I don't know if I really believe in Denzel Mims. So I think Elijah Moore could take over as the wide receiver two, maybe even the wide receiver one towards the end of the season. But I don't see that happening right away. Because it took Justin Jefferson. We, we we talked about it, right? You said, "Hey, put Justin Jefferson in here, and you know, you stash him away." And we're talking about last year. Mm-hmm. You said it's going to take him like three, four weeks. And you're right. You're like right on the dot, I think. And then he just exploded on the map. So that's why I just wanted to get an early prediction on Elijah Moore, man. Uh, last yeah. year, I think Walt was telling me, man, check out this kid, Elijah Moore. And when I put on some tape, I actually watched some, some, uh, I watched, I watched some, I watched some live on him. I was like, wow, this, this young man can literally break anybody out of the, I mean, he can literally break ankles. Like, it's insane what this kid can do, man. And he's so fast after the catch. It's insane. I think that uh, we've never seen a, a football player of, of his ability in the NFL, man. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard. Cause he's, well, you know what? He's a mixture of so many players that, that he reminds us of, but it's just it's unique. Well, you know, I think for the Jets, uh, a second-year player, matter of fact, who – could turn out to be a steal, a diamond in the rough, so to speak, for Robert Salas and that defense could be edge rusher Jamari Zaninga. Mm. He was a guy that we talked about a lot last season. Well, well, at least I did, coming out in the prior draft. And small guy, 6'3", 264 pounds, but he's got all the speed, he's got all the quickness, all the twitch, all the explosiveness. He hits and he gets to the quarterback. I think if he can, they can find a way to get him out on the edge and keep him clean more because what I saw last year from the Jets it seemed like they really didn't know how to use him and they just completely ran him in the trash all day and and that's not that's not going to help any edge rusher so 
hopefully, you know, Salah has a plan for him because that kid has a lot of talent. Yeah, he's out of Florida, right? Yeah. And and, and then you also got Quinn and Williams, right, with, who they drafted yeah. pretty high too. So, yeah, they got some pieces in place. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm excited to see Zach Wilson play and see what kind of head coach Robert Sala is going to be. I mean, we see we saw him with the Niners on the defense, you know, when he was the defensive coordinator, brought that energy that, you know, just all that energy to that defense. So I'm excited to see, you know, them two pairing up. Uh, let's move along to the team that made the biggest splash in free agency, the New England Patriots. All right, there's quite a few names. Are you guys ready? All right. So they signed tight end uh, uh, Johnu Smith from Tennessee, linebacker Ma- uh, Matthew Judon, uh, defensive back Jalen Mills, tight, uh, tight end Hunter Henry, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, offensive lineman Tim Karras, linebacker Kyle Van Noy. They re-signed quarterback Cam Newton, uh, center David Andrews, uh, running back James White, Lawrence Guy. Did I miss anyone? <laughs> Man, I don't even want to go to that list. But yeah, you missed you missed Terry Glenn and Ben Coates. See, I knew. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> See, come on, man, you can't do that to me. <laughs> All right, Jerry, what you think of their offseason moves? I think Bill Belichick was pissed off, man. Tom Brady left and and won a championship without him. You know, um, so Bill Belichick did not uh, uh, seven and nine is not acceptable in his mind. I think I think we've all seen it. I, I've read plenty of books on uh, to understand who this man is, right? Because we get very little out of Bill Belichick, uh, which makes us crave even more, right? And for him to co- completely make a big, you know, spend some big time bucks, right? They they really they had a lot. They had big time cap, and they went out there and they fixed his team, and then they had a bunch of draft picks, right? And it, it's crazy, man. It, it, it just all during the entire, you know, as a, leading up into the draft, you heard about how this infatuation with Mac Jones, uh, you had all these teams and the Patriots were right there about maybe potentially trading up to get him and, and look how the chips just fail, fell into the Patriots favor. And now we're, we're talking about another potential uh, franchise quarterback landing in the right system. So I think that overall, when you look edit i think bill belichick knows exactly how to play this game and i'm not talking about football because i'm talking about you know constructing a team building a team and he knows um he just knows tendencies of what other teams are doing and he just kind of stays in his lane and lets all the chips kind of fall to him and that's what he did and look mac jones fell to his to his laps you add all those offseason moves i think that now you're gonna have a patriots team that that is going to be completely different because the one moment that Cam Newton, you know, either gets hurt or or has a, a miss up, you have Mac Jones who can step in, and I'm pretty sure they're going to have a system in place already for Mac Jones that will help Mac Jones be uh, able to put up some gaudy numbers uh, and be an actual NFL starter. They, uh, I don't want to say day one, but from the day he steps on the actual football field, he'll be actually putting up some. Uh, crazy hectic numbers and he's going to be a, a quarterback going for the future so in a nutshell i think the patriots have just basically what they did was they reloaded man and, and then uh, also uh wide receiver Nikhil harry also has requested a trade from new england also important uh, that's, right. Yeah. that's right that's right <laughs> hey look I, I i had to make sure for all the patriots fans watching uh, i don't I, I don't think bill belichick gives two you know i don't think he cares man uh, one of his many uh draft fumbles i guess you can say yeah, and not this year, man. This year it looks like he built himself a good team, and I'll tell you this, Patriots team, 
They're gonna be right back in the mix. This AFC East division just got a whole lot harder, man. It's not the Bills are not gonna run away with this sucker. I'm just telling you right now. All right, well, what'd you think? Um, I think this team is stacked, man. And I, I told you guys before, I think New England can win that division. I think from top to bottom, we can we can argue about the quarterback position, what they have and what they don't have, or what we think they may have in Mac Jones sitting on the bench. We think we know what Cam Newton is, maybe we don't, but just looking at this team defensively, you look at the back end with J.C. Jackson and um, J.C. Jackson and oh, no, Gilmore. Stephon yeah, even Gilmore. well, even outside of Gilmore, you got was it J.C. Jackson and uh, of course Jalen Mills. They've Jonathan got Jones. Yeah, Jonathan Jones. Sorry about Jonathan, that. There you go. Right, they've got two solid guys, borderline subtle stars in that back end, along yeah, with a superstar in Gilmore. You look at the fact that they were able to upgrade the linebacker position, I think, significantly. They got more pass rushing in there. I do like the Cameron McGrone pick out of Michigan, Michigan, a guy from here. They did a lot. They did a lot on that roster. You know, and getting Christian Barmore where they got him at, I think Barmore fits right into what they need him to do. He's going to be a space eater. He can also rush the passer if he can prove that he can stop the run a little bit more. Maybe he can be an actual three-down uh, defensive tackle. But I believe overall New England got a lot better, a lot better. And this is a team that Bill Belichick can actually win games with now. Isaac? Yeah, they got a lot better. And those guys on the defensive side after opting out of last season are coming back. So defensive-wise, I mean, like Walt said, this team is stacked. Um, I like their offensive line. Um, they made a couple moves there. You brought it up, Vidal, um, David Andrews. Um, Trent Brown, but I think the skills position players that they brought in have been a little too overhyped. I love Hunter Henry. Um, I think people are a little too high on John Smith, but he doesn't need to be the tight end one. So that's, what's good about this. And Bill, he wants to run a double tight end set. So I like that. He doesn't, he didn't really bring in some star wide receivers. Um, I know Nelson Aguilar looked good last season um, for your Raiders, Fidel bring in a guy in Kendrick Bourne who's more of like a wide receiver three slash four that you know shows flashes of wide receiver two talent and then we've already brought up that Nikhil Harry has requested a trade but Jacoby Myers I mean he looked good last season Cam has a really good connection with him uh, the running backs are iffy you know they love Damian Harris we we saw him battle injuries last season so he's gonna come into the season as the sure running back one with Sonny Michelle and James White behind him. Um, but I think we do need to talk about this quarterback position. Um, do you guys believe it is going to be Cam or Mac Jones? Personally, I think um, they're going to try to stick with Cam as long as they can. I don't think they're going to try to rush Mac Jones in, but what do you guys think about that? I think Cam plays until he gets hurt. Mm -hmm. Because we're looking at a time now, I think Cam is at that point in his age and his career where Cam's not going to be healthy every year. So I think there's a chance where – I don't think they pull him. I don't think Cam plays bad enough to get pulled. Mm -hmm. But I do believe there's a chance if Cam goes out for any extended period of time, two, three, four games, Mac Jones steps in because everything is about getting the ball downfield now. You cannot play quarterback in this league if you can't get the damn ball downfield. Right. Well said. You, uh, can't, yeah, you can't play honest football offensively, I'll say that. No, yeah, you're right because they'll stack up the – they'll stack they'll stack the running uh, – They'll stop the run, right? They'll they'll put they'll bring in the the, the eight defenders. They'll squat. They'll yeah. squat. 
Pretty so much. so yeah, you need you need that you need that dual threat. But I will say this about Cam: uh, this is this is this is the hardest situation that he's ever been put in his in his entire career, man. Uh, you know, Cam has always been the superstar. I think that he was one of my favorite college players to ever watch play the, uh, the sport. I mean, he was one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play quarterback, right? I mean, <laughs> what a darling season at Auburn he had, right? And it's kind of hard because they try to do that, but now. What this is going to be one of those years for Cam. Like I said, it's a it's a make it or break it year for him. And and man, it's one of those things where they tell you, you're telling yourself, I can't get hurt. I cannot get hurt. I'm not going to get hurt. You know, and then you have people like, you know, you have people that are hoping you do get hurt. So it's just right. It's a lot of mental game going on with Cam. And I, I tell you this, I think Cam is strong enough to be able to push aside that. But I don't know how long he can hold that up, man. That's a guard that you got to keep up every single day. I mean, day. it's his style of play. And he said it in numerous interviews that you – I mean, a leopard can't change the spots. So I am who I am. Cam <laughs> is Cam is going to play his style of football, and it's been to his detriment. I think – which happens with a lot of mobile quarterbacks. Carolina took a lot of years off his life. Yeah. Yeah. Isaac, uh, fantasy outlook for the New England Patriots. Honestly, if Cam is healthy, he's always like a, a guy that you can stream as a spot starter. Um, but as far as like Damian Harris goes, he's not uh, a running back one or two that you would want in fantasy. He could probably slip down in the later rounds and you could steal him because he is still a starter who's going to get a lot of touches. The wide receiver position is, like I said, it's a little iffy. You got Myers, Aguilar, and Bourne. Those aren't really guys that you're going to get excited about drafting. So these are all guys that you would – you know, push down later in your draft boards. Um, this team in general just doesn't have a lot of fantasy excitement to it. Um, Hunter Henry has been very uh, consistent throughout the season, but playing alongside Jonu Smith, you don't really know his outlook. I still think he is a, uh, a tight end who could finish maybe top 12. Um, Jonu Smith has been more touchdown reliant, and he might still get those um, looks inside the red zone because he's such a big body. So, but there's no one really that I'm too excited about for fantasy. But I mean, these could be waiver well, wire guys that you get later on. Well, Isaac, quick question. Yep. What do you think about Ramondre Stevenson? Any chance that Stevenson is what two thirty five, two forty, and any chance he could be a red zone demon, maybe? Yeah, and especially with Sony Michelle, you know, we've seen a lot of him, and he's really regressed the past couple of seasons. So they, I mean, they might use Stevenson as more of that um, inside the 10 yard line kind of bruiser back. Um, you know, James White isn't going to get those carries and Damian Harris is already going to get 20 plus carries. So I could see Stevenson coming in and definitely being more of like that bruiser, maybe fullback type of guy that gets a lot of touches inside the five. All right. And look, I mean, to me, Cam has no more excuses. Like they liked enough what they saw, they re signed him and then. They signed all these players, you know, for him. The biggest thing with Cam is health. I, I mean, obviously last year he was having a decent season before he got COVID, and then after that he kind of just fell apart. So, look, expectations are really going to be high for Cam, especially when you got Mac Jones breathing right behind your throat. It's going. It's rough. It's rough yeah. on Cam because given the fact that he's never been the most accurate quarterback, he's never been the greatest at throwing guys open. And you go out and you sign wide receivers who really can't get open. And like you go out and you sign wide receivers who are, as Isaac was saying, these guys are twos and threes and fours. And it's you're not doing the most 
to help Cam, but it won't do Cam any good if he gets hurt or he gets set down. Mac Jones comes in and makes the office moves with those same exact guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm expecting a big year from Cam, especially with this team. All right, let's move along to the Miami Dolphins. All right, so uh, key addition signings, uh, Will Fuller, uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, and re-signings Malcolm Brown, Justin Coleman, uh, defensive tackle Adam Butler, Vince Beagle, uh, kicker Jason Saunders, linebacker Elon Roberts, and also linebacker uh, Benedrick McKinney. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not there anymore in the bullpen for the Miami Dolphins, so it's going to be Tua Tungabalel uh, moving forward. Jerry, thoughts on the Miami Dolphins offseason moves? Wow. Oh, man, what a, what a season that they had, right? Especially with all that t- chit-chatter chit with the Tua not being – you know, a franchise quarterback or that, I don't know, that he's a softie. I don't know what the actual words were, but we heard it all. Uh, but say what you say. I think overall, when we look at what they did this offseason and what they did last season, this team has an identity. And that's uh, what Brian, Flor- uh, Brian Flores brings to the actual element. I think that he just gets those players in the right position to win. I think overall, um, man, this is this is a make or break year for for Tua. So if anything, I think that the Dolphins. Uh, I don't know. I it's hard, right? Because they say to make your quarterback, uh, to make sure that your quarterback is uh, successful, you give them the right key pieces. Yeah, okay. Jalen Waddle was extremely electrifying player. He's a he, he was a, he was you know on pace to have a, a phenomenal season until he had the injury that set him back. I uh, honestly, I'll tell you this. I, I love Tua. I remember, I remember watching him and, and I think he's a very unselfish player. Uh, but I'll tell you this, man, this division is a, a very, very tough division. And I think the Dolphins are going to be probably, uh, even with the offseason moves they've made, I, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be up there. I think that they're probably, you're looking at the last place team in the AFC East division right now. Last place, last, last place, man. Oh, I don't know. I honestly, I, I like Jalen Waddle. I think taking the slot guy at number six overall, and I, I think he's a slot guy. I'm just not. I'm kind of biased against small wide receivers taking those type of guys that high, especially speed guys. I understand Devonte, uh, Devonte Smith was considered small and this and that, but. To me, he was a better player. He was a better player, a better wide receiver than, than Jalen Waddle. but they went with the speed. Speed always rules out with some of these organizations. But personally, I still don't understand. I can't really grasp what the, the Dolphins really are on offense because they really don't run the ball well enough. They don't throw the ball well enough down the field. They, they really don't throw the ball well enough intermediate-wise. And you go out and you get a blazer for Tua, so I guess everything may be dink-dunk, dink-dunk. 45-yard bomb, incomplete pass, let's run it back. So I, I just I, – the guy understood they, they took Hunter Long, the tight end out of Boston College, later on in the draft. They did get Javon Holland in the fourth round, which I think is a huge steal. Um, a lot of people in the NFL were higher on him than a lot of people with our network. But I was pretty high. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty high on Javon Holland, and the Dolphins were too. I think Jalen Phillips getting him with the 18th overall pick could turn out to be huge if he's healthy. But everything comes down to the development of Tua. And they better hope he makes significant strides because 
you went through his rookie season having to hear about how the kid over in California was throwing 75 yard ropes and and breaking touchdown records. And you got your guy over here who can't keep stay on the field. And you're hearing rumors about the locker room, not thinking he's a leader and he's, he's skittish in the pocket. He doesn't take enough chances. If Justin Fields pans out in Chicago and Fields turns out to be a star, the Dolphins, like these are, these become fireable offenses. I mean, we understand how the NFL goes. When it comes to these organizations, like you fan, you could have possibly fanned on two quarterbacks. So this is a make or break year for the Dolphins. I could easily see the Dolphins. They're either going to ascend or they're going to keep, they're going to regress. And this year, usually that third or fourth season is that season where the head coach either ascends or he falls off because everything is tied to Tua right now. I think that defense is ready to compete. Yeah, but with anybody. Yeah, but, I mean, to me, the biggest mistake that Brian Flores made last year was taking uh, Tua out when he wasn't performing well. Mm-hmm. You got to win or lose with your guy. And we it, talked it, about this multiple times last year. This is why I say this. Is he, he's, is he his division. guy? You could have said that he made the same mistake by pulling Ryan Fitzpatrick out in the first place because they were winning. I know, True. Isaac, but, but to me, if you're going to draft a quarterback that high, and expectations are really high for Tua. Let's not forget that. Coming out of Alabama and all that, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you win or lose with your guy. And I remember specifically the game that they played against the Denver Broncos, and he was struggling. He was struggling mm-hmm. bad. He pulled him for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, me and Walter had a conversa- uh, conversation, and I told him, I was like, you can't do that. And mm-hmm. I had a conversation with, with Coach Hugh Jackson. He told me the same thing. You got to win or lose with your guy. It's crazy because when you look at Brian Flores, like he doesn't put up with he doesn't put up with much, man. Like it's and the thing is, is that Chris Chris Greer is the general manager there, so there's something going on, man. Chris Greer either wanted to a, a little bit more than Brian Flores did, and Brian Flores, like you said, they, they he had no option; he had to start him because they needed to see what they had in him to see if they needed to draft another a quarterback to sell. Mm-hmm. But now you don't – well, I mean, now Jerry, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not there, and I understand they signed Jacoby Brissett, but still that's not it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. But that's why I say yeah. you're, you're looking at last place uh, in the and the actual AFC East Division team right now. Just because of the strife. I don't know if they're going to finish last, but I definitely don't think they're going to perform like they did last season. Um, I think we would have a different outlook on Tua if this team was – Five and eleven last year. It's it's the fact that they were on the cusp of the playoffs that were were so harsh on Tua. But I mean, this is the NFL. You got to find out if he is the guy or not. Um, I'm surprised though that they didn't make any moves at the running back position. Uh, like Walter was saying, they didn't run the ball that well. Uh, Miles Gaskin, he was good in fantasy. He caught a lot of passes. He didn't run the ball well, and he wasn't healthy all season. They didn't really have anyone behind him that looked like, you know, like a future back for them. Uh, I, I, I liked the, the move for Will Fuller. You know, he was in a market where he wanted to get a lot of money. He didn't get that long-term deal. So they brought him in for one yeah. year. Um, it's, you know, it, he, yeah. Tua gets another speedster along with Jalen Waddell. Yeah. You're giving him guys to throw to add that to a Devonte Parker and an already an established Mike Gesicki. And this is like a, like you guys have been saying, a make it or break it season for Tua because he's got the weapons around him. And a lot of people are very high on their defense. I was very surprised that they let Kyle Van Noy go after one year. 
after giving him that big deal. And he played, you know, very well last season. And then is Howard, Xavier Howard, is he still holding out? Because that whole situation is a little sticky. Contract. Yep. Because I believe what Byron Jones on the other side is making a little bit more than him because he was yep. that big free agent that they got last year. Um, I do like the addition of Liam Eichenberg on the, on the offensive line. I'm always a fan of uh, Notre Dame boys going to the pro level because that's my college team. But I don't really understand why he slipped. Um, I like him a lot. He's, he's a good tackle, a young tackle that can be in the league for a long time. But when I look at this team on paper, I don't see them as a playoff team, and I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. Also important to note that Will Fuller will miss the first six games of the year because he's still dealing with the suspension from last year towards the end of the season. So, uh, Isaac, fantasy outlook for the Miami Dolphins. Well, you brought up the Fuller suspension, and even if he did play all year, I don't know if he would have as good of a season last year where he was the wide receiver one for Houston because you got that you got Jalen Waddle there. They're going to incorporate him a lot. Um, everyone is very low on Devontae Parker every year. I don't see a great season in his future, but I don't think he should be undrafted by any means. So I think he'd be a wide receiver that you can get later on. Mike Kosicki, the past two seasons, has been one of the more consistent um, guys that we don't really talk about. So he could be, you know, inside that top 12, um, top 10 range for tight ends. Tua is enticing because he does bring that um, rushing ability element. So he will he will score the ball. He'll, he'll run into the end zone himself as long as he's the starter all season. But the guy that I'm most excited about, and I don't really believe in his rushing abilities, Miles Gaskin. Because in PPR leagues, I mean, he gets a lot of receptions out of the backfield. He's very talented uh, with the ball in his hands. And this team's going to, you know, give him plenty of touches because, I mean, they brought in Malcolm Brown, but he's more of that short yardage guy. And really behind those two, there's no one else to really compete for the position. Yeah, I mean, look, again, this year is going to be very important for Tua because I believe if he doesn't perform well, they're going to pull him. And they're either going to try to trade him away or they're going to draft another another quarterback next year. But, I mean, to me, it, it really comes down to Brian Flores. Again, you cannot put in a young quarterback and then take him out. That does not do anything for his confidence at all. So, I mean, to me, it's going to be a huge year for Tua and Brian Flores moving forward, and we'll see what the Miami Dolphins do this uh, season, uh, season coming up. I think it's more of a, a telling year for Brian Flores. I think he's the scapegoat here. Because, I mean, honestly, you could go back to Tua – Tua had Jalen Hurts, and and they were Jalen Hurts and Tua were able to bounce off of each other. So, uh, I don't think they would trade him away. I think they would still keep him and just kind of see if they if that if that would work for him in the NFL as well. Yeah, we'll see what they decide to do. All right, let's move along to the Buffalo Bills. So, key additions and re-signings: uh, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders, quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. I know that name. Um, Isaac likes Mitchell quarterback oh, yeah. play. Oh yeah. For sure. in, especially now that he's not longer. <laughs> in Chicago. Yeah, go ahead and be a backup. That's what you always were. <laughs> All right, moving along. Tight end Jacob Hollister. <laughs> Offensive tackle Daryl Williams. Offensive guard John Feliciano. Linebacker Matt Milano. And wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie. Jerry, what do you think of the Buffalo Bills offseason moves? Man, Bills Mafia, man. Bills Mafia. Wow. Gregory uh, Russo, and then you got uh, Boogie Basham, right? Is that what they call him? Boogie, Carlos. right? Well, his name's Carlos, though. Carlos Basham. So, and and oddly enough, that was actually their their biggest needs uh, last offseason. And 
they actually drafted last year's draft. They uh, they drafted that kid out of the Iowa. What's his name? I'm not going to butcher his last name. Uh, but anyways, uh, I think that the Bills just got uh, a lot better. Uh, they've added the the actual pieces that they needed, right? So now this is a big telling year for that leader of that defense, which is Tremont Edmonds. Hey, man, they added some really star power on that defensive line to put pressure on a, on on all these teams in the in the East, on the AFC East, and of course all the teams that they're going to be playing this this season. So I think that Brendan Bean has actually shown exactly how to be a GM in the actual NFL. You know, you got a, a they finished what was it thirteen and three? Uh, man, this quarterback Josh Allen, like I I don't know, man. He looks he looks like he's turning the corner and now starting to be that superstar that we're seeing right and uh making other teams jealous as far as that arm that arm talent that he has and then Stefan Diggs just meshed well man you're talking about a back-to-back AFC East champ here and uh and we're talking about a deep push into the playoffs now Walter yeah so question when we look Answer. back when we look back at last season how much of last season do we think it was a facade? I mean, not necessarily a facade, but a mirage. It, with some of these, to, with some of these teams, you go back. We go back and we look at all of these teams' schedules, and we look at some of these teams that these teams beat, mm-hmm. and when they beat them, whether those opponents were going through COVID and they were missing quarterbacks, so they were missing five DBs, they were missing this, they were missing that. How many of these teams do we really believe are actually really this good? Because I mean, I, I think Buffalo is good. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if Buffalo was quite as good as that record showed last season because they still they didn't do anything really to solve the lack of being able to run the football. They wanted uh, to run Josh Allen less yeah. last season, and it helped. They kept them healthy, but you no, know, there's still nobody. There's not that key guy in the backfield. They're still running back by committee, mm-hmm. and still that committee still really can't get you much. They had what? Sixteen was seven, eight hundred yards rushing between like two or three guys, something like that. Yeah, not yeah, good. And, jo- and Josh Allen led the team in rushing, like overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean he's playing quarterback and running back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I think every team builds their team the way they see fit, and I see nothing wrong with having a star young quarterback and wanting to build that defense. They went and got Greg Russo. They got Carlos Basham in the second round. Russo at the end of the first round. So they went and got two more pass rushers. But neither one of those guys are run stoppers. Basham is better than Russo in light years stopping the run, but Russo is more, he's more the athletic upside guy. So they did get two guys who can help rush the passer, which will help Ed Oliver more in the middle do what he does best, which is take on double teams and plug those gaps, especially that A gap. So I think Buffalo, they they help some areas. I like the Marquez Stevenson pick in the second, the sixth round. I think Stevenson is a guy that works well with Josh Allen because he can take the top off the defense. Marquez from Houston is a, a 4-3 guy who is a 60-70 yard touchdown waiting to happen. So I think if they can get another guy opposite of Stefan Diggs, who's a legitimate threat, not to say that um Beasley isn't, but he isn't. So, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. He was an all pro last season. Oh, all pro. He, I mean, he did hey. finish all pro. I didn't really agree with it, but he did finish as an all pro. Hey, I, I'm expecting a big year from Gabriel Davis. I think he had a great year last year, and I think yeah. he's going to have a bigger impact on this team moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and there's some things that, that, that just 
you can't fix Walter. I mean, we've seen this. I mean, it's just kind of like that Cam Newton, Cam Newton effect. I mean, even though, even though, you know, he's always been great at passing, you know, I mean, great at, at running with the ball his passing sometimes not on par. Same thing goes with Josh Allen. I mean, he doesn't need a running back. He's going to fling, he's going to, he's going to fling that ball around. I and mean, maybe that's the style of offense they're going to play going forward. And that's negligent. <laughs> That, well, I mean, ter- that's terrible for Josh Allen. If, that, if that's a Buffalo's plan, well, I'm just saying, man. When well, if it ain't broke, why fix it? You, well, well, I mean, do you guys end up broke though? That's the, that's the whole point. <laughs> we see Cam Newton. I mean, we get don't you get tired of seeing the, the, the big, tough, strong quarterback just get thrown out there? Yeah. And then yeah. after his first five <laughs> years in the league, you're looking at him like, damn, what the hell happened? Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, for the time being, you got every NFL team right now. Literally trying to win a championship. That's what they're doing every oh, yeah. season. So they're selling. They're they're selling all chip, all chips on deck. You know. Do you guys think Matt Breed is going to help out this running game? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's... I thought he was going to help Miami's running game last year, and he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then also, it's uh, Christian Wade, I believe. Right? Is he the running back? Uh, I know they have Taiwan Jones as yeah. well. Uh, he's more he's more of a special teams guy though. Yeah. I, I mean I to know. me, I you just can't keep winning though if you're gonna have Josh Allen throw the ball and be the running back as well. Hey, he's and gonna maybe, get hurt eventually. And maybe that's why they brought in Trubisky on the Wildcat. <laughs> hey, the Bears I, tried to do that once Seth pulls in there and then he got I, hurt the first time I, he did it. I don't know how many teams are gonna fool with that. No, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this team can't run the ball at all. And and I'm not, like, really blaming the Bills necessarily. I mean, they they drafted Singletary two years ago in the third. Yeah. They drafted Moss last year in the third. And these guys aren't performing. I wouldn't have been opposed to them going for another running back. But they were like, hey, we got these two guys well, back-to-back years. They're, you know, they're being patient well, with them, but they're not. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. But I think there's a running back out there that still hasn't signed, uh, named uh, Le'Veon Bell. I thought you were going to go with Todd Gurley. I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> Todd Gurley's knees are shot, so no. But Le'Veon Bell, I don't yeah. know. I mean, what do you, what well, do you they think? Well, they could use a guy that catches the ball out of the backfield, too, because Moss and Singletary aren't known as guys that, you know, have great hands out of the backfield. Yeah. Because to me, look, it, it would make sense because uh, Bell's not going to command a lot of money, especially the season he had last year. Maybe just on a one-year contract, bring him in. What do you have to lose? As long as he's not playing for Andy Reid, right? That's it. The only stipulation. You know, honestly, it's going to go back to the offensive coordinator, man. I mean, he needs to just, uh, you know, find out what his strengths are on the offensive line, scheme it up better. Because I'll tell you this, you you're, you got to look at both perspectives. I mean, people are saying don't draft a quarter, a running back uh, in the first round, right? And yeah, and then now you got a team that's not doing that. They're drafting them in the second, third round, you know. So, you know, when your running backs are not performing the way they are, is it is it because of the actual running back themselves, or is it because of the offensive coordinator not able to scheme it up right? It's both. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both for sure. Well, I mean, I, I think that Moss actually had a, a good career, and he, he looks like he has great promise too. But I think well, with him, he couldn't stay healthy last year. What? What Buffalo does is, and I watch a lot of Buffalo games. Is you know if Singletary isn't isn't getting going at the beginning, they just they shut it down, just like Indianapolis yeah. did with their running backs. Though you're not you're not doing good in your first three four carries. Okay, you're done. Let's bring Moss in. If he's not doing good, then they they totally get away from it. We saw 
what in that first playoff game they ran the ball like four times in the first yeah. half. It was something yeah. ridiculous. The game they should have lost to the Colts. Yeah, yeah. They just they give up on the running game once it don't, yeah. doesn't go well, and and I think they need to stick with it. And maybe these aren't the running backs to have, but that's why they brought in a Brieta, even though I don't really believe in him. You know, he's a he's a hard runner, a bruiser back that can you know get your team going a little bit. All right. Well, fantasy outlook for the Buffalo Bills. Um, don't draft a running back. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Obviously, Josh Allen's going to be a top five quarterback again. He finished number one in quarterbacks uh, last year in fantasy. Kyler Murray was dominating um, the later half of the season, and then that injury came with his shoulder. So Allen kind of slipped in right at the end and finished number one. Stephon Diggs is obviously a guy you want to target at the at the top of your board. Um, the other receivers, as far as fantasy go, they, they kind of scare me. You know, Cole Beasley is going to get a lot of receptions and targets, um, even though I don't believe he's an all-pro like we just went over. But you bring in an Emmanuel Sanders uh, that I don't – I don't know if I believe in him in fantasy because they mix in with an Isaiah McKenzie and Marquez Stevenson and, and Fidel, you brought up, a Gabriel Davis. So I think there's too many bodies to really believe in Sanders. Um, you know, I'd like to see Dawson Knox – uh, take mm-hmm. it up a notch, but they don't really use the tight end position that much. You see flashes here and there. So I just, I think the, you know, the, the main guys are Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and maybe even a little bit of uh, Cole Beasley. But don't right. they really need that, that solid tight end though? No. That security blanket for him. Cause isn't it like a lot, when you watch Buffalo and, and Josh starts scrambling around once the pocket starts to break down, it's always either take off and run or hell, I'm gonna just gun this ball 80 yards into the in 40, you know what I'm saying, 40, um, 40 seats into the stands. Like, be out there somewhere. underneath for him at all. Right. It's, it's like he's just, you know, hey, Stefan's gonna be open. I'm just gonna throw the ball <laughs> down the field. Yeah. That's basically what it is, what you got yeah. what you got with Buffalo, but man, it's an exciting team to but, watch overall. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, this team's good, but also they had some luck last year as well. All right, so with that being said, let's go ahead and uh, let's rank these teams one through four. Let's start out with the with the, the fourth team. Uh, start with uh, Jerry. Fourth team, I got the uh, – I said it. I said it earlier, the Dolphins. They're, they're finishing last in the AFC East. And who do you have finishing third? Uh, third, I have the Jets finishing third. I think the Jets yeah. are going to surprise a lot of teams, including themselves and their fan base. All right, who finishes second? Second, uh, Patriots, man. Patriots finished second. They're, they're, they're coming back for that crown, but, man, giving Buffalo Bills finishing first again, back-to-back AFC East champs. Walter. I got the Jets last. Got the All right. Jets last. I've got the Dolphins finishing third. I got the Bills finishing second, and I got the Patriots finishing first. Oh. Isaac. Uh, the Jets are definitely going to finish last. Um, I think in a couple seasons, you know, we could we could see a turnaround. But for, for right now, Miami's defense is, you know, it, it's going to carry them, and, and they're going to get enough wins to be better than this Jets team. But Dolphins finish third. I think the, the race for, for Buffalo in New England is going to be tighter than some think. Obviously, Walter's got New England first, but I'm going to stick with um, New England second, Buffalo first. All right, and I got the Jets, Dolphins, Buffalo, New England. I think mm-hmm. uh, New England is going to have a good year, but they'll lose to Tom Brady. I believe it's week three or four 
on Sunday Night Football. Um, but I, I, I do believe Cam's going to have a big year. One more thing to point out. Brian Flores and his quarterback, his backup quarterback in Miami. That's a, serious, yeah, that's a serious relationship to pay close attention to, I think, this season. Yeah, New England ties. So, yeah, definitely see. I think All right. Kobe's a guy he can depend on, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely uh, one of the most interesting situations in the NFL at the quarterback position. All right. Well, that's going to go ahead and do it for us. Thank you so much for watching. Next week, we'll be talking about the AFC North. Um, again, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Have a great Saturday, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.